Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first episode of this new broadcast that I have termed the voice of the VIP. My name is Abraham Joseph Ajenifuja. By the grace of God, I'm the creator of the VIP concept. VIP is standing for God's vision, God's intent, and God's purpose. I'm also, by the grace of God, the author of the VIP Christian. The VIP Christian is a book reaching to Christians, for Christians, but actually for the whole world. Written to Christians, but for the whole world, because the principles in the VIP Christians are the same principle that every human need to live a peaceful, a profitable, a prosperous life. Expressing the beauty of the glory of God, which is what we have been created to do. The VIP is the way that God has revealed himself to me. It's a long story from Bath, and I will take time to just um, talk about it briefly. That growing up, I did not have a true concept of value. Value to me was framed by externals. The position you have in the society, the properties that you have, the influence and the impact you have, the recognition that's accorded to you, and all that were only obtained through the quality of the education you got. So if you if you wanted to have all this kind of influence back then, then you will have to go to uh, a very reputable uh, institution for education. You have to have studied a very enterprising discipline back then, which were uh, being a doctor, being an engineer, uh, being a professor. Uh, being an accountant, chartered accountant, we call him back then, because it's based on the bridges, is the same thing called the CPA here in the United States. You have to have those, you know, um, visible, you know, display of, of, of flashing of wealth, you know, in order to be recognized. 
So that was a conflict for me back then as an introvert who really admired these externals of, of, the, of the worth back then. But I couldn't connect with, with me internally. There was a dissonance within me. If you ask me then what was wealth to me or what did I want in life, I could not describe it to you. I could give an answer that would reflect the externals that I just mentioned. That that's what I wanted. But that would have been fake. At least it would have been fake. Because that wasn't how I truly felt. I just could not describe it. You know, I remember a time when my dad, I went to work with my dad and I went to his office and he, he gave me, you know, on the weekend and then he gave me um, some money because I was just standing there. I mean, sitting down in front of him while I was walking and he gave me some some currency. He said, go out and buy something for yourself and then, you know, come back when you're finished. So I left the office, went out and I just roamed the, the whole store, mall area, market area for about an hour or two. I came back with the same money in my hand. I could not decide what to buy. I mean, I had so many of those kind of episodes that, you know, value, you know, wealth, money, you know, they were all good and attractive, but I just couldn't connect them something within me to enjoy them. Okay? So, anyway, God took me over the course of my life. You know, we're talking about 40, 50 something years now. God took me over the course of my life to reveal himself to me in different ways that I could not connect them together. But God was showing me what true wealth really meant. Okay? You know, I knew God in different ways. I didn't know him personally. Even though I grew up in a Christian home, I did not know God personally. I didn't even know that Jesus died for my sin. I didn't even know that Jesus would have anything to do with me. I mean, I went to school, Christians, um, uh, boarding schools that I would go and, you know, take exams and Bible knowledge exam, we call it, and pass them, you know. I remember the Acts. I remember, you know, taking exam in Acts. I remember taking the exam with Jesus in there, but I didn't know it was just to pass the exam. Anyway, God took me to, over the course of years and just pieced together every part of my life, but it was still in the shadow. Now say, you know, dissonance between me, I was just seeking for an answer. Even as I grew up and went to churches, you know, when I when I really know that well, there's something happening inside the church that I needed to know because there was something about Christianity, about Christian I just love, especially the music, the hymns. They are so holy and so peaceful. They just appeal to me. But the question of, you know, uh, the concept of wealth within me, uh, I could not find an answer to that. Until I came to the United States and attended this church, Fossey Bible Church. And I went to this Sunday school class. And the topic they were 
teaching then happens to be Hebrews chapter 9. And the teacher was mentioning the lamb and sacrifice and Jesus in the same vein. Well, that caught my attention, of course, because sacrifice was something I grew up with. You know, we sacrifice animals to 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 get a to, to, to get well. When somebody was sick, we sacrifice animal. You know, when somebody wanted to get married, wanted to meet somebody to, to get married to, we, we sacrifice animal. I mean, our parents, you know, elder they would do that. And for me, being introvert and also sickly when I was young, I had a lot of chicken sacrifice on my behalf. And we take the chicken, you know, you know, just prepare the chicken, to sacrifice the chicken, and then cook the chicken, and then invite my age mates, um, children to come and celebrate with me. So when I entered that class, that Hebrew class, I remembered back then what we were doing. So I said, you know, and we sacrificed lambs too. So all those just came together for me. I said, wait a minute. Jesus, I've had the name before, but I just didn't have any connection with him. So I was a, I was one of those um, students in the Sunday school class who would go behind the, the teacher's desk after the end of the class. And you know how the student would circle around and just, you know, trying to ask one question here, ask another question there. I was one of those students who would stay behind and listening to the question being asked. And the answers that the teacher was given. And I would say, wait a minute. How did they know all those things? I mean, they quote Bible verses like that back and forth. I said, how did they know all those things? And who is who, who is this Jesus? And anyway, this just Jesus just caught my attention. So for the next few weeks, my heart was saturated, you know, with wanting to get clarity between my historical background of sacrificial society with the new knowledge about Jesus as a sacrifice. I just couldn't connect them. But God took care of that. Because soon after a few weeks, then the EE ministry. I've got to talk about my testimony because this podcast cannot begin without that. Okay, so the 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 EE ministry, which is which stands for the Evangelism Explosion, they came to our home, and they helped me to resolve that issue, and they asked me those two questions, those EE qualifying questions we call them, that if you were to die tonight, are you sure you're going to go to heaven? I said, of course, and then they asked me. Why are you so sure? And I went and told them, you know, my own view of myself, you know, kind, good, gentle, this and that and this and that. And the leader of the of the team, Gary Williams, who is my now my friend and mentor, uh, asked me, okay, what is the pronoun? He didn't interrupt me. He let me finish. I talked for a long time. He said, what is the pronoun? In your answer to us, there were five of them that came to the house at that time, and I said the pronoun is I. 
They said, well, it looks like we have an eye problem here, gentlemen. I said, what do you mean? I gave you the answer you asked me, you know? So, you know, he went on and said, well, really, nothing can, there's nothing I could do in my own self that can guarantee me to go to heaven, nothing. And he went and presented the gospel, a sin, you know, for, and Christ coming, Christ living, Christ dying, Christ burial, Christ resurrection, you know, Christ offer of salvation, you know, the blood of Jesus. All those things were just, I would just listen to all those things. I said, what? And I just kept quiet, you know, humbled and quiet. And then they asked me the question, said, well, would you like to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior to repent of your sins, to trust him of your life and things like that? You know, I had no defense to say, no, I don't want that. You know, because the, the God has prepared my heart to say yes, you know. My, my, my mind agreed with my heart and the yes came out. And so on that day, I became a born again Christian, uh, a regenerated Christian. I became a member of the family of God. I became a, a, a family member of the household of faith. And, you know, that was just a, that was just a momentary uh, decision. But the experience began and, and, and lasts long and it's still going on now. You know, coming to know Jesus Christ. You know, um, one of my favorite verses shortly after that was Galatians 2.20 that says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith, by faith in the Son of God who loves me and also gave his life for me. Uh, I would say that, you know, my life has been perfect in there. No, it was not, you know. I had my ups and downs and ups and downs. But in each time, you know, God would pick me up and show me a better picture of himself and a better picture of myself. I could see myself in what God's telling me. When I read the Bible, I could see that. Okay. And another thing that the Gary did was that he invited me to become part of the um, EE ministry. So I went out with him and I saw a lot of people like me who went to church but did not know Jesus. Okay. So this is important because this is what led to the VIP. Because the more I got to know God, the more God revealed himself to me, the more I fell and wanted to find out why. Why will I do this thing I know that I'm not supposed to do? And why am I not doing the things I know I'm supposed to do? Why is that? You know, I would dig through the Bible. I dug, I dug, I dug to the Bible until God showed me you know himself and i and i just saw it coming together that god has a vision he has an intention behind it and the purpose is for me to reflect the beauty of his glory to be his child who will reflect the beauty of his glory anywhere whether at home or outside the world, anywhere i went whether in capacity as as a, as, a, as a leader as a student as no matter what it was but as long as I understand that concept, I began to implement it in my life. There are more after events 
revelation, growth opportunity that happened after I became slave, which I will reserve till another time. But this is very important because the vision of God, to know God is to know the mind of God, is to know what God is thinking, is to know what God is looking for, what God is seeing. You know, because God sees everything, past, present, and future, He sees them one individual presence. <laughs> everything back and forth. You know, and God does not sleep, He does not slumber. He's always attending to what He sees, what He intends, and what He purposed. And what if what what he envisions, what he intends and purpose, it covers all aspects of life. It covers the individual, it covers the family, it covers businesses, it covers education, it covers um, governing, it covers leadership, it covers everything to the to the macro levels and also to the micro and granular level of all living things and non-living things, everything. You know, so God enabled me to write that book because I was just writing the thing that God impressed me. I was just writing them when I studied, I write them down. Then God impressed me upon my heart to write a book of the VIP concept and a VIP Christian that the message in there uh, was not just for me, it's for the whole world. And that's what I did by the grace of God. So, because I know that this podcast is for all people from all religion. It's for Christian, it's for Muslims, it's for it's for um, Jewish people, it's for everyone who is aware of the existence of God. They may not know God personally. Okay. They may be on their own journey of knowing God and their uncertain stage of life. This podcast, The Voice of the VIP, is to bring peace to them as they are trying to grow to know who God is and then to be profit into their lives as they are doing that. So that Every mention that I will mention once in a while about passages in the Bible, they are passages that apply to all human beings. Okay? It applies to all people, all the time, everywhere. The Bible is applicable to everybody. So if I ask you, if I ask you this question, if I say, well, okay, what is common between following phrases there's nothing new under the sun or one but two turn in one's flesh but three what a man sows he shall reap number four a cross to bear forbidden fruit no one can serve two masters love your neighbor as yourself be a scapegoat, a wolf in sheep's clothing, washing hands off of something. All those phrases are phrases we use in our common parlance, you know, in our in our vernacular, in our cultural way of communicating. Okay, to be a scapegoat is somebody who 
is being sacrificed for the sin of everybody else. Love your neighbor yourself is something that we say we say it all the time. I have my cross to bear. Oh, that's a forbidden fruit. Oh, whatever you sow, you shall reap. What is common amongst all these phrases that they all came from the Bible? They all came from the Bible. The Bible is the word of life. So it applies to everyone, male and female, you know, old and younger, you know, Christians, Muslims, and religions of all persuasions. They are invited to come here on this voice of the VIP. And let's see God's vision, intent and purpose for life, eternal life. And let's see ourselves in that VIP plan of God. Because there's no life outside of God's VIP. None. I mean, no one will be living today if they were not part of God's vision, what God envisions for them, what God intended for them, and what God purposed for them. No one will be living. As long as we are living, we are in God's VIP system of living. So I invite you to please invite your friends, your families, to come and join us in this podcast. It's going to begin on a weekly basis on Mondays. And then we're going to see what God does in how to increase the frequency. So the Bible is a Bible of, it's a book of human dignity. God created us with dignity. We were created in the image of God. Okay. But something happened. Something happened that damaged that image. And we see the symptoms in the world today. I mean, look at anywhere in the family, business, education, governing. We see the symptoms of the effect of that damage, which we as Christians, we call sin. <clears throat> Other people will call it another name. But whatever name we call it, something happened that distorted God's vision, intent, and purpose for our lives. So that instead of living according to God's VIP, we were living according to different VIPs. Our VIPs, the VIPs of our family, the tradition of the world, and just scatters us completely. And all our efforts in life today is to get back to that position of the dignity of God's VIP. So the Bible is a book of God's human dignity that he, that he gave us, his own image, okay? And it's also a book of diagnosis. In other words, when we want to find out how do we get back to that VIP that we were accorded to before, the image of God, how do we live peacefully, profitably, and, and prosperously in, in this life? You know, the Bible gives us a way of to do that. And it heals us, it transforms us, and then it restores us. So that is 
the um, first part of this podcast. The second part of this podcast is what is it actually going to be like listening to this podcast? What are, what's going to be the main topic? What are we going to be talking about? Okay. To answer that question, I want to go back to, uh, for me, life before Corona. And by the way, you know, if you have ever experienced um, loved ones who have been affected one way or the other, uh, my prayers with you and my heart aches for you. And I pray for God's healing, uh, transformation and restoration for you and all members of uh, the family who have been affected. So life before Corona for me was a contemplation of how do I want to um, bring the thing that God has shown me in the VIP? How do I bring it in the public? How do I bring it to, 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 to contribute, to make the world a better place to live? And it was not an easy decision because I was thinking about different things and different ways and different you know, partnership and here and there, but it was just difficult, you know? Because I had interest in different things, and it was just difficult to come and say, "Okay, this is number one, and everything else should be, you know, put aside." And so, you know, during Corona, though, I had time to reflect, and maybe you have too. I had time to reflect, and in my reflection, so I reviewed my life before Corona, then I reflected. And in that reflection, you know, it just became clear that life will never be the same for anybody, you know, since Corona. Everything's going to change. And how will that change for me? How it changed for me is my emphasis, a sharpening focus, emphasis of where I am to begin to bring the VIP into the public arena. Because... We are all fighting the same common enemy. A tiny virus that people don't have not ever had a name before, they give it a name, shut down every aspect of the society. I mean, United States, the 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 the, the, the most powerful, you know, with technologies to do things that most other countries combined to here cannot do, was brought to halt. Was brought to halt. Stock market, schools, businesses. I mean, everything was just shut down. Okay? And for a brief while, you know, there was there was that common focus for everyone to find out the cure for this virus. But, you know, it did not take long. It did not take long for us to you know, go back to the pre-corona thing that I saw. And that was concerns me. Because before corona, you know, the world was living under value. You know, the world was not living up to its potential. As a matter of fact, you know, only 20% of the wealth of the world has been recognized and realized. 
and you have seven billion people on the face of the earth struggling and fighting to get a piece of that 20 percent and then we have all this you know red ocean philosophy i can't remember the name of who wrote the book red ocean and blue ocean a, a, a red ocean is, a, is is an ocean filled with blood of people who have lost the battle in the survival of the fittest competition over that 20 percent it's, it's an ocean where you have you have you have sharks and and crocodiles and 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 the serpents and and all different kinds of wild behaviors just to survive and people will do whatever they need to do to get that doesn't matter because everybody wants to have food on the table clothing shelter significance and all those things but the way we do it is to create you know red ocean the blood of other people sacrificing them they may not die physically but they are actually dying spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, and biologically, they are dying. They are being sacrificed in that 20% red ocean. That was my thought before Corona, okay? And there's 80% of the world's wealth that has not even been tapped yet, that has not been recognized because we don't have the vision of where it is. So I was trying to find out how do I bring this, this insight into the world to show us all where the wealth is so that I can begin to tap into that. And then Corona happened and it didn't take long before we went back to our old ways of behavior as a human race. We, I mean, the, the death toll was there for everybody to see all over the world. There was disagreement as to whether this was true or not, whether Corona was even true or not. Some people debate, okay? But people are dying. What caused it? Well, the the the, the jury still out for that. But one thing I can say is this: that it was not an accident that Corona came up. Corona is a work of a human being. It's the work of man that created it. Knowingly or unknowingly, it came from the work of the of, of, of our hands. The seed of them you have been planted in the past, the desire to do something, the consequence of which we did not know will result in something like this. So it happened. But it also raised up a problem it also raised up a problem of our um, divisions, incivility and distrust. Division, incivility and distrust was even heightened after Corona, and we're in the midst of Corona right now. 
And as I pondered, I pondered within myself, you know, how will this change my message to the world? And this verse in Matthew 22, 21 came and said, Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and then give unto God what is God's. These are the questions that were asked of Jesus when they were trying to entrap him. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, Bring me a coin. And they brought the coin to Jesus. And Jesus said, Counter questioning them, Whose image is on this coin? And Jesus said, And they, they told him, They said, Caesar's. Oh, then Jesus said this, man. Jesus said, Then give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and then give unto God what is God's. And they went back because Jesus just disarmed them, number one. Number two, Jesus made a profound statement that not only did not only apply to the Pharisees back then, but applied to leaders all over the world. Leaders all over the world. Because what Jesus was saying, it wasn't a it wasn't a tit for tat statement. Okay, give Caesar this and give God this. Jesus was making a statement as God Himself. Who created the world, who created the government and asked that we obey government in Romans 13, pay our taxes, respect and honor people who are in leadership position, respect and honor them, pray for them. Because when they are successful, we also, we are successful. Okay? Jesus was saying to them and Jesus was also saying to them that give to God what is God's. If the image of the coin, since the image of the coin is that of Caesar's, the image of God is on the human being. So give to God what is God. Treat that image of God with dignity. With dignity of God. Because that image of God is first a spiritual being. Okay? The real person is on the inside. It's a spiritual being with a human body and a divine purpose according to God's predetermined counsel. This is why God created man to reflect the beauty of the glory above and beyond all the other things he has created. So Jesus was putting a warning notice to the leaders. Yes, give to Caesar, but give to God. And don't be mistaken about what I'm saying. So, of course, that was a specific statement, but it has a general application. And that's a portion I've taken. Others have taken a political um, application of that, a philosophical, uh, a theological. I've taken all of them combined together Okay, I've taken other combined together as having to do with how leaders, leaders, how they fulfill that mandate to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to give to God what is God. Because right now, that is not working. Okay, because any 
since the beginning of time, the way that God has rolled out his VIP from generation to generation is through leaders. He will choose leaders. He will choose person, you know, from among the people. Allow this person to experience him somehow. And they could be Christians and they could be non-Christian, but we elevated elevate them to position of leadership to govern for a period of time to do certain things. That's how God has been able to do that. Look at look at all the peacemakers, all the technologies, all the all the wars, all the everything. You you will see somebody, a leader. I mean, look at the United States here. Look at all the leaders of, the, of this of this country. You know, look at any kind of prosperous. It's because leaders have been raised up to uphold the beauty of God's glory. So, to the extent that that's not happening right now, and the world is being devalued gradually, then it, we have to look at the answers in the way that we are leading. And so, that is my gospel. That is my VIP. That's the voice of VIP to, to engage us in how do we do that? How do we fulfill God's mandate of giving to Caesar what is Caesar's and giving to God what is God's without this divisiveness, incivilities, and distrust? Because once those three, those three things exist, if you continue to devalue the human and anywhere the human you know, endeavors at home, business, school, education, religion, governing, leadership. It's going to be anywhere where there's woman, as long as those things are still present. You know, it's going to affect us. So the VIP is the DNA of God's dignity and God's diagnosis, God's healing. God's transformation and God's restoration. And that is what this podcast is going to be about. Because both the leader and the, those who are being led, they are humans. We are all four spiritual beings. And then we are given human bodies with a divine purpose. So how do you combine it two together? The answer is in the VIP. And so, ladies and gentlemen, um, I will end the podcast in a few minutes and say that um, the wealth of the world is a reflection of the glory of God. God has given me the grace to be present in this time in the history of the world. You know, to, to highlight the problems as I just did and how it affects all areas of society. And if it continues you know, what is the what are the following generation? What are they gonna look like? Think of children. Think of young boys and young girls. Oh my. Even if you don't have a children, if you don't have children yet, think of your cousin, your 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 niece, your nephew. Think of the world you'll be living in, in a world of, of red ocean, in a world of divisiveness, incivility, and distrust. You know, where, where the leaders are, are, just think about that. And then think about the God's VIP. God's VIP is a mystery 
of wealth. It's a mystery of value. It's a mystery of dignity. It's a mystery of peace, profit, and prosperity. And that is what I want to be sharing with us uh, through this podcast. <clears throat> My name is Abraham Joseph Ajinfuja, uh, the voice of the VIP, uh, bringing peace and profit to you today. Uh, if you want to know more about our podcast, please go to uh, Co. Until next time, may God richly bless you, my friends.